This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, your host, Caroline Foran. I am back this time with a solo episode. I thought it was time to just regroup and let you guys know where I'm at, because as you know, I talk about anxiety all the time. For the most part, I have owned it and it does not affect my life in any way, near shape or form the way it used to, but from time to time. It still pops up, of course, as it will for all of us. Something I often need reminding of is that I cannot go back to square one with anxiety. When I feel okay and calm and rational, I absolutely know this to be true. If and when anxiety rises up, which of course it does because we're all human, it's then that a little seed of doubt creeps in. And it creeps in because in that moment that I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed or like I don't have the resources within me to handle the stresses presented to me at that moment in time. When this happens, the anxiety goggles come on and then all of my thoughts become tinged with fear. And I remember learning this was such a significant moment for me. It was like, hang on a second, do not trust what's happening or what your mind is telling you right now because it will change. So when that happens, I look to the future and I think in what if terms and worst case scenarios. But then sure enough, some time passes, things settle, I do what I need to do to help myself feel like centered again and the goggles disappear. What felt like a forever quickly becomes a phase that's now thankfully in the rear view mirror. And then I'm back to realizing that I'm very much okay. And not only that, but I've also come so far and so have you. So if your anxiety goggles are on for you right now, I want to be that rational voice in your ear telling you the very same thing. You will not go back to where you started. You will not, I promise you. When we feel anxiety again, and maybe it's come about for no real reason that you're aware of, or maybe it's very circumstantial, we can, if we've been working so hard to own it, be very hard on ourselves for the fact that we feel it again. 
We think about ourselves in those moments as having undone all of the work we've done or that we've gone backwards. We worry that anxiety will get us even worse this time, as if it's like a serial killer come back to get us after we got away the last time. This is not how it works. But this is when you're feeling it, how anxiety makes you think it works. Does that make sense? We use words like setback when really they are merely bumps in the road. And with each bump in the road, though they are crap when you're in them, you always learn something new. You always understand a little bit more. When we're in anxiety, we think of it as something that's out to get us, something that's attacking us, something that's sinister, when really anxiety is on your side. Anxiety, believe it or not, has your back. Anxiety is trying to protect you. Sometimes it just goes a little bit too far. So you tune into what works for you when you come out of it. You become more aware than you already were, or you realize the anxiety brought something to your attention that really needed to come to your attention. And in a recent episode, I talked about how I have been reimagining anxiety as a compass. And that was my most listened to episode of the whole season. So I think it struck a chord with you guys. So if you feel like you were doing okay, and then bam, anxiety came back to just finish you off. Let me remind you that owning it does not mean never feeling it. It means hopefully feeling it less because you are making changes in your life that help to take the anxiety down a few notches. It means being okay with feeling it because it's not some fatal flaw. It means feeling it, turning into it rather than away from it and saying, okay, what do I need right now? What is this anxiety trying to tell me? What am I not paying attention to? What vulnerability factors are at play here? For example, am I under the weather? Am I under a lot of stress at work? Am I recovering from something that happened a while ago? What is going on in my life right now? Does it make sense that I feel this way? And more often than not, it does. And crucially, owning it means allowing for it, soothing yourself through it and not being so hard on yourself because this will only, as we really know by now, keep you stuck on that anxiety loop. But look, I say all this when I'm feeling calm and, you know, centered. But when I'm in the thick of it, it can be really hard to apply it. What I really need at those times is reassurance from people who know me or people who understand anxiety, that I have not done a U-turn back to the days when my life was just governed by anxiety. I read a quote the other day that just perfectly articulated what the difference is between me then and me now. Years ago, I would feel anxiety and I would just despair, or I would try really hard to dismiss it. I would try really hard to just pretend it wasn't there, pretend I wasn't feeling it, which of course wouldn't help because I was feeling it. Today I feel it and I troubleshoot it by asking all of those questions and figuring out what steps I need to take. It was a quote from the brilliant Adam Grant. He said, fear serves a purpose. It sounds an alarm that something you value may be in danger. The ideal response is not to dismiss the alert, it's to troubleshoot. Emotional intelligence involves checking if the threat is real and choosing an effective reaction. Reading this made me realise that where I've really grown in recent years is with my emotional intelligence. I've really been feeling it lately, the anxiety, and it got to the point where it was quite hard to manage purely because of the circumstances. When we talk about anxiety, we often talk about a threat, but sometimes there isn't a clear threat. Sometimes, actually almost every time I feel it, it's a string of stresses that culminate and add up together and when you don't get a chance to then regulate from that stressful state and you stay up there in stressed out mode then you can slip over or spill over into anxiety territory and this is more often than not like I say how it happens for me so it's not some tangible threat that I can say oh there's that thing that I'm worried about 
It's stress, 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 more stress. The feeling of not being able to cope with whatever is going on or not being able to get a break from it. And then all of that stress is like flipping a switch in me that puts my body into threat mode. I know there's no actual threat, but I can feel my body respond and behave as though there is. And it's on high alert. The threat my body is looking for is obviously perceived, but the stress and that stress response in your body is very real. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm going to give you a brief uh, recap or rundown of what's been going on for me that led me to feeling anxiety a lot every day recently. Um, It's still going on and I'm still feeling it, but a lot less so now. Uh, none of it is that dramatic and each thing on its own would probably be manageable but like I say it's when everything hits you at once and you get overwhelmed and the sum of the parts become harder to manage. The main thing I hate to say it is my son. We are in the throes of the terrible twos and for me it has been incredibly stressful. I am a very sensitive person and when somebody I care about feels something I really feel it. So right now that's my two-year-old son and his emotions are so erratic they're rubbing off on me too. I cannot feel calm at all when he is in the middle of a nuclear meltdown. It's really stressful to watch and it takes a really long time for him to come out the other side of it. And there really is very little I can do in the moment. So I would be the type of person that would rush to a solution. And sometimes when it comes to parenting, you really are fly by the seat of your pants. And when stressful moments come, there isn't necessarily, well, there isn't at all like a manual that you could turn to and say, oh, do this and it will fix it. So a lot of the time you're feeling stressed out And you have to just feel it and wait for it to pass and then figure it out. And each time you might learn something new. On the top of the meltdowns, he is also going through a major separation anxiety phase. We had a few bad experiences with childcare that have since made him latch onto me like a barnacle. So beyond the stress of just managing his emotions daily, I'm also in my own head thinking, oh, this is my fault. I've created an anxious child or my anxious nature has rubbed off on him. On a practical level... 
while all of this is going on, we also have no childcare right now. So I have zero time to get any work done and I have all of the same work commitments that I had when we had childcare. Because of this, I'm having to let work things slip. So I'm feeling pre- pressure there and there's things that I'm not getting to and people that I'm letting down. And that's another stress that makes you feel like you can't get your head above water. Then we had a family get together that seemed to trigger my son into a two year sleep regression or a bit of a fear of going to bed um, and he just got a little bit frightened when we got to this new house and he didn't want to go down and and it was just very stressful and he was miserable so we had to leave early. It was my brother's 40th and we had paid a lot of money to be there and it was just honestly a disaster. I felt awful for having to leave and I felt a lot of pressure around the family event so that was yet another little layer of stress piling on. Also my little man is he's not a great traveler um so we had two very long very stressful journeys we got home I thought he'd be okay again but no epic meltdowns at bedtime so a lot of crying for him and me and then the feeling that I'm gone back into survival mode then we have the childcare issues then I had to go away for a weekend as my husband was best man at a wedding and that sent our little boy's separation anxiety into overdrive then we got some very upsetting news about a family member who is very unwell And as can happen for most of us, what starts as one maybe manageable stress grows arms and legs. And the reason that I have felt so anxious is that I am in new territory. This is not familiar to me. Navigating this part of parenting is a new frontier. It's very hard to know what to do and the fear of screwing up your kid is real. And when you feel that stressed out that often, your body starts to believe that it's in danger when it's not. Like I know that I'm not in danger, but I have been in such a state of stress and not getting a chance because I, I quite literally can't get a break. And even at bedtime, when I usually would wind down, that's when he's been kicking off and getting very upset. And then, you know, it's been very difficult to get him to settle and go asleep. Then I'm I'm so high up in stress mode, it's very hard to downregulate. So it's not like one stressful day that you can then recover from. It's been day after day after day of stress. So I completely get it and it completely makes sense. And because it's involving my son and I can't exactly just step back from my parenting duties, there there really has been very little let up where I can decompress and bring myself back to centre. And look, of course, it's a juggle and it's a juggle that a lot of parents deal with. And what feels like I said earlier, forever in parenting very quickly becomes a phase that you've already moved beyond. And all of this stress that I've been feeling is circumstantial, which is really reassuring because I know why I'm feeling it and it makes sense to me that I am feeling it. And I know that it will pass because everything in parenting, like I said, is fleeting. And I know when things settle, I will eventually get childcare sorted and then I will be able to put the pieces back together work-wise and restore equilibrium. And I know this because I've had these phases in my life before where I have felt like, you know, all these spinning plates were starting to drop and I had to kind of let them drop and then put them back together again. This is what I mean about you can never go back to square one because you've experienced anxiety before, you learned something from that, now I'm experiencing it again, now I'm going to learn something from this. So in terms of what helps me to cope better, well, first of all, knowing it is temporary and circumstantial helps me to be like, okay, this is not ideal, but it's where you are right now. You kind of just have to write it out and know that you will come out the other side of it. Secondly, I was really honest with myself about the fact that it was feeling quite intense and that it wasn't going to go away overnight. So I rang my doctor, I explained the series of stresses I was handling and said, I would really like to have a Xanax or two so that if I do feel the need, I know it's there. I gave myself what I call an insurance policy. Thankfully, she was more than willing to help me and she wrote a prescription. 
I did feel part of me begin to go down the road of, you know, thinking, oh, you haven't had to take one of these in so many years. What does this mean? What does this say about you? But I stopped myself from judging myself here. It was amazing that I had gone so long without needing it. But now I was in a situation where it would be really helpful to help my body feel calm if I felt I needed it. So I took one one evening before bed and it gave my body a chance to recalibrate. I must also add that this is not me saying if you're anxious to just go and take a Xanax. It's really important to understand anxiety in the first place and help yourself in in a holistic way of looking at your lifestyle, looking at what's bringing the anxiety to the fore for you. But this was just one practical thing I requested from my doctor with full awareness of what was happening and why it was happening. And if you think that medication might be helpful for you, whether it's to help you in the moment that you're feeling anxiety or for a more long-term approach to chronic anxiety, please do go and consult your GP. The other and most significant thing I did when this anxiety was rising to the surface for me was talk to my friends and family about it. So I explained that I was finding it very hard at the moment and that I was taking some time to go back to basics. I took the pressure off myself by opting out of the social events that I could opt out of and my friends knew not to take it personally if I was quiet on WhatsApp groups or whatever. Now before, years ago, I mightn't have said anything and then my friends would have been like, oh, you didn't come to that thing or like you haven't written back to me. And then you find yourself getting in, into like stressful situations where you're like, oh shit, this person is, is perceiving me in one way when really I'm feeling another way. So I have learned that it's really helpful to just be open about it and say, this is where I'm at. Look, I'm not feeling up to it. I don't think I'm going to be able to go out for dinner. I just need to reset. I need a night at home. I need to have a bath. And then they're like, yeah, Grant, you do what you have to do. And there's no confusion. So with the people who are important to you, with the people who you think um, deserve to know or that you want to know, tell them. I just did not need the added anxiety of worrying about the social implications of how I was feeling. So I just addressed it head on. And that has been an invaluable tool for me. I say, this is how I'm feeling. It's not great. I'm just going to take a step back. I'm here if you need me. I love you. Thanks for understanding the end. I did the same thing with work commitments where I could pair things back. And I know that this is more doable for me being self-employed because I can kind of shape my day. I press pause on some podcast recordings to give myself a break as that is something I can control myself. And I know that I could reschedule things uh, when I felt that things had settled a bit more at home. I could move things that I was doing in the daytime to doing at nighttime so that I could give my time to being with my child when I have no childcare. And, and then at least when he is asleep, I can have a clear head and do a little hour or two of work to keep things ticking over. So I just rejig things around. So even though I felt like I had a major setback, I didn't. I felt the anxiety. I acknowledged it. I honored how I was feeling. And I had the emotional intelligence to troubleshoot it and think about an effective response that would help me in time to feel okay again. We're still in the thick of it with our little boy and I do have another episode coming soon on how to regulate yourself when trying to regulate your child and the anxiety that can come about with that as I am finding that to be honestly such a learning curve. But for now I'm allowing for us to be in this phase. I'm allowing myself to be who I am because I don't think I'll ever be the chill, easy breezy first time parent that we all hope that we will be. I am a worrier, I am sensitive and I worry because I care so much and I'm sensitive because that's just my nature and there's a lot of good things that come from being sensitive and I don't think it's a bad thing even if it slightly backfires on me in the form of anxiety. I know that I will very soon look back and think oh wow we've moved beyond that now we're in a better more solid place and I know I'll have learned something that I didn't know before whether that's things that work for my son or things that work for me and my family. 
You might relate to my parenting anxiety that I've spoken about here if you are a parent um, and if you're not you probably won't but I do hope you can relate to the idea of a setback and rethink it as more of a bump in the road and one that takes you further than you've been before, never back. Do keep in mind the idea of feeling anxiety, allowing for it and then troubleshooting. Remember that emotional intelligence involves checking if the threat is real and then choosing an effective reaction. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this helpful. I always appreciate your feedback, your DMs, your reviews, your suggestions. It means the world to me. I can't believe that I'm gone beyond 5 million downloads now. Um, And that's all down to you for still being on this journey with me. So thank you so much and take care. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. The easiest way to access owning it real time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.